Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a day of prayer. We are continuing with our morning Bible study. Kyla, will you open us up in prayer, my dear? Sure. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for the strength that you give us and the knowledge and understanding that you provide us with, God, and that you direct your paths and you make it easy for us. Also, that you prepare us for whatever it is you call us to do, God. You don't leave us half-baked. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, name, amen. Mm -hmm. All right, so we are in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Who wants to begin reading? And we are going to go through the first 10 verses. Actually, we'll go through the first 13 verses. But Charles, go ahead. Let's let, let's let but Charles go this first this morning. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse, Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Elab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. <laughs> so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was a rudy with now he was rudy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So, what in the Holy Spirit ministered anybody in this? Is there anything that jumps out at you? How about with Samuel? In the beginning? Sure. We can start there. Beginning is a good place to start. It just kind of goes back to our previous conversation last week. Explain. About how we were talking about how Samuel was mourning for Saul, you see, he's still, even after the Lord tells him to, I'd say, get over himself, but not nastily like that, but saying, Go do, don't stop following me because this has happened, but continue. You see, that the Lord has to tell Samuel. That against that way, he can go and do what the Lord told him. And it also says a lot about how Samuel was because when, when most people are sad, they don't want to talk to anybody or listen. But he was still in tune with the Lord even when he was sad. He was still willing and able to put his own feelings aside to go do what the Lord said to do. Hmm. That's true. That's what makes one trustworthy before the Lord. Um, one of the things that God said about Jesus is that he wouldn't say anything or add to what God wanted to do or take away from it. He could trust him. That's why he was given the spirit beyond measure. I'm sorry, without measure. Um, you know, scripture also says that he was faithful in all the Lord's house. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that's what God wants. He wants a heart that's loyal to him. He understands, a heart that understands, yes, we are human and we have emotions, but that's not the important thing. That's not what should your focus should be, you should be on. Your focus should be on the Lord and what he wants and accomplishing his will in the earth. So that is very commendable about Samuel and something that's very attainable for us today or any child of God, any believer, that's attainable to focus on him, to desire him and his will above all things, to put yourself on the back burner so you can serve the Lord fully. What about the timing? Timing of what? Uh, as it pertains to the Lord now directing Samuel to go anoint someone else. Is this a spur of the moment thing? Explain. Because later David goes fight, goes and fights Goliath. Yeah, but we're not there yet, sir. He's directing Samuel. And now is when he instructs Samuel to go anoint someone else. I, th I think he was saying because he knew what David was going to have to do soon. Is that, was that what you meant by that? Yes. Okay, well then tell us in words, my love. Yes. Go well, ahead, explain, elaborate. So eventually the Lord was going to use David to go save the people of Israel. And then also I find it in not interesting. 
I just was after. Um, I not. I'm not sure how much time this was after Saul got rejected as king, but I know for a fact that it's after Saul got rejected as king. Okay. Um, and also how Samuel What, sir? Samuel what? I was about to say that I was doing a sacrifice, but I don't know if it's just like if it's just a set time or not. Like if it lined up with another um, sacrifice or Sacri like a holiday feast that or they had yes. or something. Yes. It doesn't sound like it did because no. Samuel was concerned that Saul would know something was out of the ordinary. So if it was his regular timing of him going up for feasts and this, that, and the other, it would look normal. But mm -hmm. he was like, Samuel realized that this is going to be out of the ordinary for me to go there. Why am I going there? Because there are no feasts. I mean, you could, you could pretty well gather that. But there were no feasts or anything going on that would require his presence in this particular place in Bethlehem at this time. So um, that's... That's why the Lord said take a heifer and sacrifice there because it wasn't already something scheduled to happen going on. Yes. But with the timing, the point I want to get to, right, because it's serious, it applies to our life. Yes, we need the, the constant communion, fellowship with the Lord, but also we need to learn to wait on the Lord, to continue to listen and be ready when he commands us to do something. Mm. Now, the Lord had already told Samuel and Saul multiple times that he had rejected Saul as king. But now is when, here in chapter 16, is when the Lord commands Samuel, you're going to go anoint someone else. Mm -hmm. Right? So we literally, as you brought up, promise, just heard about it in uh, chapter 15, verse 28. The Lord's torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you, right? Um, and in verse 26, he said he had rejected Saul from being king over Israel. But if you go all the way back to chapter 13, he says uh, the same thing. Um, chapter 13, verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So the Lord's already given the, the game plan, right, to Samuel. So in our own lives, what's the plan the Lord's given us? Now, is it time necessarily to carry it out? No, but the Lord will reveal that too if we're still listening, mm -hmm. if we're closely listening, right? We're not to get ahead of the Lord. And we're sure not to drag behind him. Mm -hmm. But remaining in the Lord's perfect will also means his perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And in order to be in the perfect timing, we have to be ready and waiting for his command, for his instruction. 
being led by His Holy Spirit in our lives. So you have that entire thing here. You see it in action. Like you said, we don't know, or like you said, promise. We don't know the full time after what just happened in chapter 15, how long Samuel was mourning for Saul, right? And, and regretting that Saul had been, or mourning for Saul and the Lord regretting that Saul had been made king, right? However, he still had outlined the entire plan even before Samuel left to go. He said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is key because this applies to our lives. And we're going to build on this here in the next section that we're, oh, actually, we can, t we can start discussing it now. So when he goes, he still, as do we, need to remain in the presence of the Lord, listening to him. Because, yeah, he knew where he was supposed to go, whose house, and what the Lord wanted to do. But he still didn't know who the Lord had chosen. Right? And what's the first thing that happens? He goes for the biggest, strongest, oldest son. Hmm. Have we seen or heard that before? Yes. yes. That, that's Saul. Exactly. There you go. So we can also look at that and say, what do we do in the natural? We're the biggest, strongest stuff. Yep. And or look for patterns. Well, the Lord did it this way last time, so this clearly has to be the same thing. This is the pattern of the Lord, this, and that's not always the case. Right? The Lord says constantly, I'm doing a new thing. Yes. That doesn't mean he's changed his character not and at his all. nature, but he is creative, clearly. You can look out at nature, at what we see around us, right, and see how glorious God is, how creative he is, how unique he is, and how his mind thinks in a way that nothing and no one else can compare to. So it... It is reasonable, it only makes sense to listen to him and take his perspective mm -hmm. versus trying to formulate him into your ideas and opinions. But also, what does uh, Jesse do? He only brings his strong sons in. He left David out in the field. Out in the field. He only brought the ones that he thought that were valuable. He thought, yes. But still, what a curse. There's a key line that he says about every one of these. And he made, fill in the blank with whatever son's name, pass by Samuel. That's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what the Lord, with Adam, right, in the garden, he made everything pass by Adam. And whatever Adam called it, that's what it was. He didn't then change the name change what Adam said or, or called it, right? Whatever the decision was, it, it remained. Much in the same way for us, we're to let everything pass by in front of the Lord. Being Jesus. Jesus, mm -hmm. being the last Adam. Yes. And whatever he calls it, that's what it is. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. I see the looks on your faces. Why, why do we do this and how do we do it? Mm -hmm. Samuel explained it to us in verse 7 of chapter 16. Yes. The Lord, for the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The heart is the center of the man, the core of your being, the inward man, right? The truth. 
It's easy for people to put on a facade, right, and go, I'm tricking you at the moment. I'm doing this to get my way or this, that, or the other. Or something can be very beautiful on the outside, but rotten on the inside, right? Layla, you cut a potato for me yesterday, and you peeled it. It looked great, but when I sliced into it, it looked like a worm or something had bored through the center of it. There was no real indication on the outside that that happened. But it wasn't until I got to the inside that I found out, oh, I can't use this potato for my soup because it's bad on the inside. Yes. Well, God is not limited by emotions, right? Because our, our natural and independent emotions affect how we perceive things. If I'm upset, all I can see is through eyes of being upset. If I'm happy, I can only see through eyes of being happy. But God is not limited by those things and neither is he fooled by anything so when we have a situation in our life it doesn't matter what it is or someone that's presented themselves you know kyla you're you're getting older and i'm sure males are approaching you like hey girl what you hey you're cute but god will say no that person has no good intentions towards you or that situation I know it looks pretty on the outside, but you don't want to go that way because he knows what's at the core of it. He knows what will be revealed later on. And his job as our father through the Holy Spirit is to guide us, right? Guide us into all truth. We see Jesus describing to us who this Holy Spirit is and his function in our life and how to cooperate with them. One of the main things and first things he said is when he comes, he'll comfort you, sure. But he will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. He'll take the information, the knowledge, the, the wealth, the provision, the grace that belongs to Jesus Christ and whatever applies to our life and declare it unto us. Make it known to us so we exactly. understand him, what to do, where to go, what to say, who should be in our lives, where we should go. But that's the other half of what you see here. Jesse is allowing each of, or making each of his sons pass by Samuel. Samuel's job and responsibility because he's a man. Yes, he's a prophet of the Lord, absolutely. But he's nothing without but the he's Lord. A, exactly. His role in this situation, as is our role, is to be constantly listening to the Lord. Yes, make whatever it is in our lives pass by before the Lord, but also listen to what he says. Mm -hmm. So we can receive the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, and the counsel of the Lord. Mm -hmm. There's no counsel against him. So that's whose counsel I want. In my mm -hmm. life. So then when he tells you something, he shares insight with you, gives mm -hmm. you information. Listen to it. Heed it. Obey it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. I cannot stress that enough. Oh, yes. Because people will come back and go, well, but it doesn't look like that to me. God's saying, yes, go this way. I have this great thing for you. And they're like looking from a distance. I don't see that. And they don't trust God. And then they fall back. They don't follow after him. And they lose out. But if they just trust him, they will apprehend whatever it is that, you know, they'll, they'll gain whatever it is God's saying, go, go get it, go get it. But on the other side of that, when God's going, hey, that's not a good relationship. Or whatever it hey, is. Hey, that's, that's not, not a good, good move. Don't buy that car. And they're like, but I don't see what you're, I don't see that. No, you can't look into the engine block and see that it hasn't been given oil. And as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's going to. You know, or or it'll last just for two months and pass the the lemon laws. 
you know, whatever that cutoff is, and then it's going to break down or cause you a bunch of trouble. But God knows. So when he tells you something, trust him. Believe what he's saying to you because he has your best interest at heart. He's not trying to harm you. He's not going to lead you into a straight path. He's not going to do that because we already know in Psalms he leads us in the path of righteousness, right, for his name's sake. He's a good God. So trust him, believe him, do what he tells you to do. And whether your eye ever sees the calamity that he's keeping you from or anything else, know that he's told you the truth. There's no point to avoid calamity. Absolutely. Right? So, I don't want to so see it. I don't it. need to see it. Just trust the Lord. Hey, I'm he's already taken care of it and he's prevented me from even being exposed to it. And that obedience to the Holy Spirit and to the, the, the guidance of the Lord is how we put Psalm 91 into practice. You know, David's saying, um, you know, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but none of it shall come near me. Why? It's not because he went out and stood in the middle of it. <laughs> right? It's not because he threw himself off the, the pinnacle of the building like the, like the devil tried to tempt Jesus to do. It's, no, it's because he used the wisdom and the counsel of the Holy Spirit to avoid it and stay out of it. God says, hey, hey, don't go that way. Don't go down that path tonight. It's dark. Go home. Right? That's how he keeps your foot from stumbling. That's how he keeps you safe. That's how he keeps you under the wings of the shadow of the Almighty. And in the secret place is by obedience and communion and fellowship. So don't break apart from that. Don't override it. Don't think you have a better idea. Your ideas are bad. We'll just talk about that right now. God has the only good ideas. <laughs> Anything else, we don't want it. Take his idea. And if it's a good idea, it didn't come from you. It came from him. <laughs> Give glory to God. And keep it moving. Okay? Okay. So, the other, the other question I want to have pertains to Saul. And what did you get out of what is said about Saul here? He was going to kill him if he went to go anoint somebody else as king. Okay, Ex explain. That's true. That's what it says. But does that give you any insight in anything? That Saul would throw a temper tantrum, and he would do anything that's, to keep it. Well, that's, that is a he way to phrase to it. Try to stop the Lord. It's a. It gives insight into his nature and character. He went from that's, the gentle, exactly serving, loving man to uh, someone who's potentially murderous. Well, and uh, he didn't murder him, so no. we can't call him a murderer. But potentially, so like if he's, you know, like. Samuel's like, I saw that look in his eye. You know what I mean? Kind of deal. <laughs> so let's also look at the relationship. Samuel is the one that mentored or poured into Saul. And Samuel's account is, Saul will kill me if I go do something against him. Even though, <coughs> excuse me, even though the Lord has already announced it to Saul even, through Samuel, on multiple occasions. So you see his nature, his character come out. Because it's very different than even Eli, who Samuel also pronounced a, a word of judgment against from the Lord, right? How did Eli respond? Please the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. Yes, there, indeed. That's Amen. a very different approach, is it not? Yes. Which one shows more of the nature and character of the Lord? Eli. Mm -hmm. Even in, I'll say, wrongdoing, right? But there was still an acknowledgement. There was still a display of 
this is what's right. The Lord's God. Let me just get in alignment with him, not what he's saying here. Oh, <clears throat> or I'll say insinuating for lack of a better way to, to phrase it here or articulating is, if I do something that he's going to perceive as against him, he'll kill me. That's a, where's the love in that? There's none. There's none. But we're to be perfected in love. So all stuff that we should be aware of and check within ourselves. Are we forgiving when people, I'll say, wrong us? We should be. I mean, we, we've discussed this before. Jesus, what, even on the cross, what in the very act of being wrongfully accused and innocent when murdered, mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the middle of the very act, he was forgiving mm -hmm. those that were murdering him. He forgave. That's right. Mm -hmm. And not just the ones that were murdering, but everybody that was involved in the whole plot and process leading up to his murder. Forgave everyone. Yep. That's, that is the pattern example for us and how we should be. So, um, but again, so just to recap with, with Samuel, his responsibility, as is ours, is to constantly listen to the Lord. Every son that Jesse had passed before Oh, well, the Lord, but the Lord through Samuel. And Samuel had to listen. Is it this one? And the Lord would give his answer. Nope, not that one. The Lord's not chosen this one. Surely there's got to be one more. How would Samuel know? Except by listening to the Lord. Because mm -hmm. he would have picked the wrong one. I mean, the wrong one a long time ago. Right? He'd be like, here, slap that oil on his head. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Then he would have been in the same place of Saul, right? Well, I thought you would like this gift, Lord. He's like, I said, right? Yes. I couldn't wait for you. I just sacrificed. I needed to. You didn't come one time. He didn't do any of those things. He waited with the Lord. Um, so there, you see the element that he's developed knowing the Lord's voice. He's cultivated that mm -hmm. in him. That um, practicing communicating with the Holy Spirit in the way of listening to him and obeying and knowing his voice more clearly each and every day, each and every time. The more you obey what God says to you, the clearer his voice becomes. The Absolutely. easier it is for you to distinguish his voice from your emotions, your soul, your flesh, from the world, the enemy, all of those things. And actually, the enemy doesn't even become a, an issue because you're so filled up with the Lord. You're so focused on him that that's actually not even a, a factor. But the you factor is, is well in control, and it is buffeted, if you will. It's subdued and made to be quiet, as it should be. And the Holy Spirit is who the loudest voice is, the dominant voice is the perspective that you are in tune with. I learned a lot about the Lord when I was younger um, through these scriptures, in particular this chapter right here. Yes. And like you were just saying, sweetheart, um, learning how to walk with God <clears throat> and kind of how it works. You, you can see God's character. You can see his, his nature and how he moves. And you can see his personality, if you will. God is not mysterious. 
He doesn't want to be thought of and perceived as being far away from us because he's not. He's with us. Um, you know, the scriptures talk about don't don't say to yourself, who's going to go up and get the word? This was in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to cross the sea and get it? Mm. And because it's too far off. And then the New Testament that talks about who's going to tell, bring Jesus down from heaven or bring him <laughs> up from the dead because we need him. We we need him here, right here with us. The word is nigh you, and it's in your mouth and in your heart. So Amen. that's what the Lord said. The word is nigh you. Like you don't need to do all that stuff. The word is nigh you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. So he's not in a far off God. He's not even hard to understand. What people find complicated, though, is their own ideas and agenda, their own humanistic and often not renewed mind mm-hmm. trying to control things in the human emotion, trying to make God jump down into their box and be him be on their level versus them coming up to his exactly. level. He is God most high, and that's where his holiness comes into play. He's holy. You know, he's yes, he's our father and he loves us and he is tender towards us, but he is still God Almighty. And Amen. we must respect that as not only his creation, but his children. You know, like you guys know, we laugh and we have good t- a good time together and we play and we enjoy each other's company. But at the same time, you know, this is mommy. Like there's that line. It's not written on the drawn on the carpet or on the walls, but you know what that line is and you do not cross it. Right. Because you're like, oh, that's mommy. That's respect. You guys don't throw stuff to me. When, I'm, when I ask you to give me something, you don't throw it at me. You come and walk it and put it in my hand. Because, well, we can play badminton outside. I'm not going to be catching stuff from your hand because I'm your mother. Right? And that's respect for you to place it in my hand versus toss it to me. But you can toss stuff to each other. Right? Kind of get that look on your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, because I'm mommy. And this is dad. We, we love you and we enjoy your company, but we will be respected as your parents. And how much more so the God of all creation will he be respected by us? He wants us to come to him. He wants us to be open with him and honest and still respect the fact that he is the Lord God, the Lord of hosts. That's his name. You know what I mean? He's Adonai. He's not, hey, you over there. He's a good God. So... That's important to keep that, that balance and that um, perspective. And you see how God is so faithful with Samuel. He walks with him like, hey, you have this concern, and he wanted to hear that from him. He didn't want Sam just to go, okay, I'm going to go in there and then fight for his life. He wanted him to say and talk to him and trust him enough to go, hey, God, you know, you know he's got a crazy look in his eye now. And... <laughs> How are we going to deal with that? And God's like, hey, I got an answer for you already. God didn't have to go away and think about it for a while. He already had this. But what he wants is us to trust him. He wants us to trust him and to communicate with him as well. If Samuel had just said, okay, I heard one word, and drove off, he probably would have been, you know, Saul would have been coming over the mountain with his troops to come get him once he heard that he left his house. Because I'm no doubt he's got somebody watching to see where he's going. Because everybody, first of all, kept an eye on Samuel anyway because of the position that he holds. Yeah, or held as a judge of Israel before he but relinquished the, that to, yeah. to the kingship. But even still, he's a prophet of the Lord. Sam, uh, mm-hmm, Saul may be king, but Samuel's coming with the word yes. of God. And that can be good for you, or it can be... Uh, <laughs> well, it all depends on, on each individual's relationship with the Lord. Right? Exactly. Because 
He had just pronounced, again, a word of judgment against Saul. But then notice the, the response of the people. Do you, Do you come, come peaceably? peaceably? Exactly. You're like, hey, are we doing something wrong? Like, if you're coming over here, like, wait, okay, wait, we already knew. Right, like, we, we've heard, essentially, like, what has happened? Um, we shouldn't be in fear, right? If, if there's fear, then, uh, well, we've not been perfected in love. Mm-hmm. And Christ is love. So mm-hmm. we've got all kinds of questions. Yeah. Just on that, um, this is a short verse, verse 4. Why were people trembling? Same, he's a man. Yes, he comes with the, you know, carrying the anointing and the power of, of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, clearly. He has a close relationship with the Lord. He has had, has been demonstrated for quite some time. He's still a man. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean that as a servant of the Lord, we, he shouldn't be respected. Absolutely, he should, but no different than anyone else. That, that is to say, treat all all people the same, equally. They're all children of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. I guess they're all, or I should I guess. say, they're not all mm-hmm. the children of the Most High God, but they're all His creation. Yes. And then, yes, there are those that have chosen to be children of the Most High. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something, Layla? I guess the people felt like us when we hear the belt rattling upstairs. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Right, don't bring it to that level, right? Because <laughs> if, if it's gotten to that point, <laughs> if it's gotten to that point, that means you, you've not heeded the warning when it came just in discussion. You didn't listen to the Holy Spirit because yeah, he talked to you first. Before, long before, we, before we said anything because each of you has the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. Each of you knows his voice. So if you chose to harden your heart, my mama used to say, a hard head makes a soft behind. I didn't know what she meant, but when that belt came out, <laughs> like, she kept saying this to me. It must mean something. <laughs> so, Figured out eventually, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was probably like 30. <laughs> Glory to God. I was like, oh, that's what she meant. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you choose not to listen, my, my pastor would say the, if you won't let... Um, your parents are the, you know, peaceable things be your teacher, then you're destined for the school of hard knocks, like stuff knocking you upside the head and going through a hard, hard life because you refuse to take the easy and the gentle um, admonishments. So don't be hard-hearted. Don't have a hard head and think I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to do nothing to me because, well, hard knocks are coming for you. And, and Unless you're... you turn, right, mm-hmm. repent, mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. And you can't change on your own. It won't, it won't last. It won't remain. Mm-hmm. It only cha- True change only happens with the Lord. Mm-hmm. What you can do is when he knocks on the door, say, yes, Lord, come in. And then keep agreeing to allow him to change you. When he comes and says, hey, um, you know, you sure are rough when you talk to your siblings. Don't go, well, no, because they did this. Go, nope. yes, Lord. Okay, well, help me. Help me work on it. I, and you can tell him. I feel like, you know, they're rough with me, Lord. And he's, he'll say, well, no. <laughs> then he'll show you his perspective. Exactly. And how he sees things. Absolutely. And if just, you allow him to teach you. But then also, with that, you have to learn. You have to listen. Mm-hmm. You can't learn without listening, without hearing. Mm-hmm. And then putting what he's teaching you into action. Applying it to your life. But that goes back to what we were just talking about with this whole 
uh, part of the chapter, right? Constant communication and, and communion, fellowship mm-hmm. with the Lord, listening to Him through His Holy Spirit. He was there to lead us, to teach us, to guide us, and bring us in all truth, wisdom, and knowledge, right? Scripture also tells us that those that are led by this by the Spirit is in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. they are the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we're not listening, that should should give us some insight into how we are also, right? Yes. If we're not being led by the Spirit. Because it's a requirement. We can't do anything on our own. Mm-hmm. Everything, every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. Okay. So let's stop there for, for today. And we'll continue this uh, in verse 14 tomorrow. All right? Okay. Okay. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. All right, oh, sir. Thank you, promise. Okay. God, I just thank you for just providing a way providing stuff for us and just showing us the path we should take. And God, thank you for just when we make the wrong choice, telling us, no, that's not the right choice, and then steering us back inside the right direction. Hmm. I also thank you for just like growing us and giving us the correct plan to execute what you have told us to do. Mm-hmm. And then, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody have a wonderful day. God bless you all. God bless you. Absolutely. God Bye. bless. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.